Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 134 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your living word. Help us hear the message you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what's happening in Luke chapter 1. Luke is our orderly writer. He wrote down everything that was told to him, which he wanted to convey to Theophilus. There are theories of who Theophilus was, possibly a Roman lawyer or a high priest. Either way, the name Theophilus means lover of God. We know this person loved God and that Luke addresses him as most excellent Theophilus. So we can have high regard for him because Luke does. I love reading out of the book of Luke because these first two chapters tell us the Christmas story, which is a most beautiful story. Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth kept all the ways of the Lord. They continue to serve God well, and yet Elizabeth is barren and older. She maybe always wanted a child, but never thought at her age she would have one. However, God had a plan, a plan to bless them with a child, and not just any child, but with the one who would prepare the way for Jesus' ministry. This couple was indeed blessed, absolutely blessed. They may have had to wait almost a lifetime for their blessing, but God's plan was to bless them. Let us not grow weary in believing the Lord's plan for us is a blessed one as well. Zechariah was doing his priestly duty, something he would have done often when he received a visitation from the angel Gabriel. Because of his hesitancy to believe what he was told, he was mute for Elizabeth's entire pregnancy. Although this seems rather harsh, it was a constant reminder that God's will was being done. Six months later, Mary had a visitation from Gabriel too, telling her most wonderful news of all. She would be the mother of the Messiah. Such a beautiful reading today. Verse 37 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible and says, For with God nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Let us remember this for ourselves today. While our circumstances may look impossible, they are not impossible for the Lord. Let us lay our burdens down to him. Mary understands that the Lord is coming to the humble and poor. She talks about God's mercy, compassion, and kindness towards the miserable and afflicted. She talks about satisfying the hungry and sending away the rich empty-handed. Yes, the Lord came for you and for me, and his love and joy fill our hearts. Let us praise him today. We start a new book in our reading, the first letter of Peter. This is the same Peter as Jesus' disciple. He writes about the persecution of Christians that was happening at the time under Roman Empire. He also writes about the grace of God and encourages the people to endure until the end under the grace of God. Just as Jesus suffered, they must suffer too. In chapter 1, he writes about being chosen to know God and Jesus Christ. He prays for grace and peace in abundance for the people. He praises God for his boundless mercy that we can be born again. He calls it great gain and privilege to be counted among the ones who believe in Jesus, and he encourages them and us to be obedient to the Lord. Verses 15 and 16 say, But as the one who called you is holy, you yourselves also be holy in all your conduct and manner of living. For it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. We are familiar with this last verse because it comes out of Leviticus chapter 11, verses 44 and 45. He also reminds them that they were redeemed and ransomed from sin by something more precious than silver and gold, for they were purchased with the blood of Christ. Let us seek to be more like Jesus than the world. Let our desires be more like God's desires. We can ask him to help bend our desires to his. 
Yes, souls are purchased at great cost. May we hold this reverent and seek holiness over worldliness. Let's see what's happening with David in 2 Samuel chapter 5. We see that David is anointed as king by the elders of Israel in Hebron. He was 30 years old now and reigned over Judah for seven and a half years, and then over all of Israel and Judah in Jerusalem for 33 years. Yes, it took nearly another decade before he was king over all Israel. In the meantime, David took over the city of Zion and named it the city of David. His power grew because God was with him. He always prayed to God about the wars he considered, and God told him to go and how to go and overtake them. Verses 23 and 24 say, When David inquired of the Lord, he said, You shall not go up, but go around behind them and come up on them over opposite the mulberry trees. And when you hear the sound of the marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then bestir yourselves, for then the Lord has gone out before you to smite the army of Philistines. Yes, God told him when. And he told him how. He was to wait, which may have been difficult when one is ready for battle. David waited, though. He waited for the Lord. Let us wait on God and be guided by him every day of our lives. In chapter 6, David takes 30,000 men to go and bring the ark of God to the city of David. They celebrated and praised the Lord with excitement. However, this first attempt was halted when someone reached out to touch the ark because it was falling. He was killed by the Lord. David was very saddened and left the ark in another home for three months before attempting to move it again. The second time he was successful and danced and praised the Lord. His first wife, Saul's daughter, Michal, looked at him with disdain and complained to him when he finally came in the house. But David said, it was before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his house to appoint me as prince over Israel, the people of the Lord. Therefore, will I make merry in pure enjoyment before the Lord? I love his words here. I make merry in pure enjoyment before the Lord. What if we could feel the same and do the same, even if just in our own homes? May our hearts turn to praise and worship the Lord. No matter our circumstances, we can praise God for his magnificence. Psalm 134 is our last psalm of ascent. We have reached the top step leading to the temple. It is a short psalm, and it's a psalm of great praise, telling all servants of God to praise him. It even tells us to lift up your hands in holiness and to the sanctuary and bless the Lord affectionately and gratefully praise him. Let us praise him today, my friend. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, we praise you. We praise you for all you do and all you are. You are greatly to be praised. May you fill our hearts, thoughts, and mouths with words of praise today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.